Hey everybody, welcome out to another fun-filled episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm your co-host, Mike Laidman, and I am joined with none other than... Laura Laidman. Each and every week, we take a movie from our past, and we have a look back and see if it's just nostalgia keeping our high praise of classic films afloat, or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the adulation. How are you doing, hon? I am doing just fine, thank you. Excellent. One episode in the can. Yeah. I feel like I got this down. Feeling good about it. I, I'm, you know, a professional podcaster now. So, you know, I'm putting all my hopes and dreams on this. Quit my job, mortgaged the house, sold the car, made the kid work in a coal mine. You know, all things you got to do to be a successful internet personality. Well, have I got some great news for you. I have no great news. I don't know. I don't know. There's no feedback yet. So we're just going thinking that we did a good job. I'm telling you, I am one of those teenage kids who's like, what's your future goal? Professional YouTuber. I'm a micro influencer. You're one of those teenage kids? No. If you take a teenager and add another teenager to that teenager, you get your age. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's aggressively mean (laughs) well that's the truth i mean when you're gonna call yourself a teenage influencer i'm like one of those teenage influencers like one i see i see well should we get started i think we should okay so it's funny because we I, i don't know about you but i wrote down way more this week than i did last week I did as well and i don't know if that is a positive well, thing. I, I guess we'll find out in just a moment. This week, we'll be talking about Top Gun, which originally hit theaters back in 1986. I'm going to send you up against the best. Yes, sir. You two characters are going to Top Gun. I feel the need. The need for speed. Five weeks, you're going to fly against the best fighter pilots in the world. You guys really are cowboys. Tom Cruise, Kelly McGillis, Top Gun. Yeah, I was a whole year old when this movie came out. I was two. Ah, not quite, though. Well, close. So let me set the scene for you. It's May 1986. The Chernobyl disaster had just begun. Oh, no. Tommy Lee of Motley Crue marries Heather Locklear. Bobby Ewing played by Patrick Duffy, comes back from the dead on the TV soap Dallas. And on May 20th, the Flintstones 25th anniversary celebration airs on CBS. And along with these amazing and poignant milestones in entertainment, we were presented with the Tony Scott helmed, written by Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. movie classic Top Gun. Dun dun dun. Going to the danger zone here. We are. Starring, of course, Tom Cruise, Val Kilmer, Anthony Edwards, and the then unknown Kelly McGillis, among many, many others. We are brought the combat fight pilot training fantasy for all young men of the 80s, Top Gun. Now, the movie that this movie bumped from number one. Can you guess? 
1986. 1986. Oh my god, I don't know. Sci-fi family film. Sci-fi family. Short Circuit. Oh, Short Circuit. You know what? I love Short Circuit. I'm going to add this to the list at some point. Please don't. Oh, uh, no. Short Circuit is great. Or is it? I don't. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Top Gun. Yeah. Huge, successful movie. Gets booted out after only one week at the number one spot by none other than Cobra starring Sylvester Stallone. I've never seen that movie. I don't know anything about it. It, it seems very much like a typical 80s Sylvester Stallone romp but in the interesting thing after two weeks of cobra being number one top gun returns to the number one spot oh really and it only loses out again after rodney dangerfield's back to school comes out classic rodney dangerfield comedy i i I assume in the movie i assume in the movie nobody gives him any respect (laughs) he gets no respect that's the rumor yeah but even crazier Later that year, after remaining in theaters during such releases and number ones as Aliens, The Fly, and Karate Kid Part 2, Top Gun returned to number one again in its 19th week in theaters. 19 weeks. That is unheard of these days. Yeah. Like, I I can't imagine any other movie doing something like that. I, I was shocked when I saw that. And the only thing I remember was a long time ago was after, I think, three or four weeks in theaters. Maybe it was up to eight. I can't remember exactly. There's something about Mary did the same thing because of word of mouth. People were like, oh, I will go see that movie. And then it got the number one spot way later than you'd ever expect. But top 19 weeks. Lost again to Crocodile Dundee. I thought you were going to say short circuit. It would be a nice circle. Oh, that would have been just like (laughs) time is a flat circle moment. Overall, that year, it was the number one movie of the year. It had a domestic gross of $176 million, which in 1980s money is a lot of monies. You should adjust for inflation. I should have. That would have been smart. Uh, (laughs) Maybe in the future. It was followed behind by Crocodile Dundee, Karate Kid Part 2, Back to School, and then Aliens. One of the things I noted that was very interesting, and I don't know if this was something that we would see these days, is number 10 for the year was Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which never held the number one spot. Really? Yeah, crazy, eh? Pretty in Pink was number one for quite a while, and it was not in the top ten. Really? So that it's just seems... movies that, you know, they, they're chugging along at number two and three for a long time, rather than, you know, number one for two weeks, and then next movie's number one for two weeks. Yeah, no, no, no. Chugging along, number two, three spot, and just in theaters for a long time. How many movies are in theaters for a long time these days? Not many. Most Unless movies... you're smash hit, you're, you're gone pretty quick. I feel like you're lucky to get two weeks. They're saying now, especially now, because of what's going on is like comedies are just done. No, don't expect to see comedies in the theater anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at you and I, we, well, I know you love going to the movies. I do. But we have a child now. Movies are expensive now. There's a pandemic now. I'm not going to go to a movie theater unless it's a movie that really is done a lot of favors by seeing on the big screen. Otherwise, I'm happy to wait to get it from the library or watch it on Netflix. So Fast and the Furious, yes? Oh, 100%. Opening weekend, Fast and the Furious. Count me in. Of course. They're going to space soon. They have to at this point. Where else can they go? John Cena is there. John Cena is Vin Diesel's brother. I know. I'm so excited. So anyway, you were two and I was one when this movie arrived in theaters. So definitely didn't see it in theaters. 
Yeah. So I feel like this is more a movie that we would have seen in our youth Mm-hmm. for the first time after it had been out for a while and i just want to say and i should have taken a picture of it for you know the blog i don't know if we're gonna have a blog probably not we went to visit my parents house the house i grew up in the house my parents had lived in for a decade before i was even born and they still have their vhs copy of top gun and that is definitely the version of top gun i saw as a child and it's all full screen glory on our old tube tv in the vhs player I guess you'd call that a VCR. Yes, that would be what that is. And I, I remember we, my mom and I would watch movies together on like rainy Saturday afternoons. And we watched all the Star Trek movies that way. And like just like Indiana Jones, all these classic movies. And of course, Top Gun was one of them. And I think I remember not giving a poop. <laughs> well, I could see how you might not care as a child. Definitely. I think as not an 18-year-old boy in the 80s. Yeah. I could see how I didn't care. Okay. I'm just saying it, it, it seems very directed at a certain audience, and I was not that audience. Right. I, I get what you mean by that. One of the things that I said on last week's episode is one of the main reasons I wanted to do Top Gun is because we have a DVD copy of Top Gun on the shelf, still sealed, that I bought in a sale over a decade ago. Yep. We, we did not open that. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> because I was looking at the packaging because I wanted to find out what the runtime was, and I saw that it was a full screen DVD, and I just was like, nope, 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 nope. So I was like, where can I find it? Like what streaming service has it? Amazon Prime had it. We figured we watch it in in Blu-ray quality streaming it, right? And I don't know about you, but the copy we watched had this ridiculous like grain to it. Like it did not look like they'd done anything to restore it at all. Um, I would say it was probably better quality than the DVD. Oh, probably. But it was weird. Like it just didn't look great. Anyway. That's not my memories. I, at some point, I'd seen Top Gun throughout my life. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of my memories of Top Gun are my memories of Hot Shots. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? It's funny. I don't think I ever saw that movie. No. I don't think I've ever seen it. Well, we have that. It's We have Hot we Shots. We have Hot Shots. We have Hot Shots 1 and 2. All right, a... Sorry. Part 2 is called Hot Shots. Part the. I remember seeing that movie at the V, the VHS rental. Oh my God, the movie rental. What did they call? It? Not a blockbuster. It was. I worked at one for Christ's sake. The video store. The video store. Oh my God. Wow. I'm glad you got there eventually. <laughs> I worked in a video store for two years. Best job ever for like a high school student. <laughs> Think Empire Records. But like not as cool, in, but in a cooler way. You just watch movies all day. But in what? Not as cool, but in a cooler way. Yeah, we weren't like cool kids working in a record store in the city, like fighting the man. We were just, you know, uncool kids talking about movies all day. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. So anyway, I liked that job. It was a lot of fun. No blockbuster for me. All indie small town video stores. Well, there you go. Store. Anyway. Yeah, no, I haven't seen Hot Shots, but I remember seeing the movies and being very... Because Hot Shots Part 2 is the one where he's got chickens on the yeah, bow and hot, arrow, right? Top, top Gun, they parody Top Gun for Hot Shots 1, and Hot Shots Part 2 is Rambo. 
Oh, that makes so much sense. I never got that. But I've never seen the original Rambo, which is not even called Rambo. It's not called. Don't even get me started on the Rambo naming scheme because it is the dumbest naming scheme in film. It's kind of like phone naming schemes today. They make no sense. And it's just what it is. Kind of. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, no, I I did not remember much of seeing this movie originally. I mean, I remember the song. Of course. And only the one song. Because- As we've established, the one song that you are talking about is not Danger Zone. No. It is Take My Breath Away yeah. by Berlin. Yeah, which is a great song. I didn't say it wasn't. I'm just saying for clarification's sake, yeah. you are not talking about Danger Zone. Yeah, so that was uh, mostly what I remember about the movie. I remember Goose Dies. Yes. And I remember he died ejecting from a plane, but I feel like I remember it differently in that he ejected from a plane solo, alone in a plane, and that he wasn't in the same plane as Tom Cruise, which obviously is not correct. And that is literally all I remembered from that movie going into it. That might be hot shots. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to remember. No, no, he was a definite, he was, he died instantly. Okay. Okay. Cause yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing that's different because I remember I'm like, we're talking about our memories before we actually watch the movie. And I'm like, danger zone and like the motorcycle when he's like riding next to the plane and, and, and goose dies and all sorts of fun things like that. But my memory of goose dying is literally hot shots. Like when they, they take him to the hospital and like he dies on the hospital. Meanwhile, in Top Gun, he dies like instantly. You know, like as soon as he hits his head, he's done. But in Hot Shots, it's this it's a running joke that he just keeps, you know, almost living and then dying. Like throughout the entire movie, I remember this about Hot Shots is Goose. What I can't remember what his actual his name is. I don't Um, remember either. But I don't know think I know anyone's real name in that movie because they all go by their friggin' call sign. Okay, well, should we get into the movie? Oh, can we get into the movie? Okay, let's just get into the movie. I'll stop talking about hot shots. So yeah, maybe we'll do hot shots in the movie at some (laughs) right off the bat. I gotta put this point down because the theme song still rips. The hot shot the hot shots. (laughs) (laughs) The top gun anthem with that rock and guitar solo. Yeah. Okay, that's that's your thought. You're, yeah, it's you're a, like good Berlin a good song. It's a good song. And like, I mostly know that song because of Archer. That song. No, Danger Zone is the song you're thinking of. Danger Zone and the Top Gun Anthem are different songs. The song that plays during the beginning of the movie where it's like, bong, bong, and then it goes like, It just all sounded so 80s, like from start. And the other, the thing that's confusing about the whole thing is they play Danger Zone again. <laughs> they play again, every song in the movie again, over and over and over and again. again. And I'm like, what movie would even do that now? No movie ever is going to play the same song. And not, don't get me wrong, there's a difference between like, for example, in the DC movies, like when Wonder Woman comes on the screen, you always hear the same like guitar riff. Yeah, that's one thing. But it's literally an actual song they're playing over. And over yeah, again. it's a licensed quote unquote song yeah. like with lyrics and everything. But yeah, Danger Zone plays like three times in the movie. The Top Gun anthem, which is the movie's theme, plays multiple times. Berlin plays two to three times. Oh, three times easy. Yeah. Mighty Wings plays during a flight montage. And then later in the movie. 
as well with like the actual lyrics and stuff. Yeah. Actually, no, it's it's the credits song as well. Yeah. It plays over the credits. But like, okay, so getting right into it, the first thing I noticed, and yes. it's just one of these things that continued throughout the movie. And again, I I haven't seen a lot of similar movies from its time or before it in terms of I don't know what other movies from the time would be equivalent to Top Gun exactly, but like army, I've never been a big army movie, like fan. Yeah. But right off the hop, their boss. I don't think he's a boss. Commander? I don't know. I don't remember his rank, but it's the principal. He was the principal from Back to the Future. He throws the speech at Maverick and Goose. Yes. And he's just chewing them out. But everything he says is just cliche after cliche after cliche after cliche and i'm really at a point where in watching this movie i'm like is he like whoever like what we saw who wrote the script but did, did they just take all these cliches and kind of throw them together for getting a shootout out speech by your you know commanding officer kind of thing like you're reckless you're this you're this but you're getting promoted now get out of my sight mm-hmm like, did he take that from other, or are other things taking that from Top Gun? Like, was Top Gun the origin of the cliche, or was it just cliche after cliche? And I noticed that throughout the entire movie, every line of dialogue feels like a cliche. Like, it's just like, it is nonstop through this whole movie. And I'm just like watching it going, is every other movie that has these cliches riffing off Top Gun? Which I will at some point call Top Gear. I will tell you that right now. At one point, I will slip. I guess it's better than Hot Shots. True. <laughs> <laughs> no, every every line out of every character is just these cliches after cliches after cliches. And I was just like, chicken or the egg? Is it a chicken or egg situation? Did Top Gun do it first? Or is Top Gun literally just a movie written with cliches? I, I could not tell you. I could not tell you. I feel like it might be like the first, I don't know, like that of that kind, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's fair. Also, that speech that you're talking about, was that speech supposed to motivate them? I, I Because he just really told them how terrible they were and then was like, you're failing upwards. Get out of here. Yeah. He was, <laughs> but that's the cliche. Like, And you know what? You know what movie it makes me think of most? Because and again, this is a movie that is ripping on these cliches is 21 and 22 jump street where like you know ice cube is like you two are idiots you two suck you two blah and i've got a job for you you know like it's all that kind of stuff and it feels like did did top gun start this but it feels like such a police cliche but i don't watch a lot of army movies so i couldn't say for the army stuff and speaking of army stuff remember this is the navy though it's got to be, we got to be specific. Speaking Some people of will be Navy stuff. <laughs> At one, so, you know, the first planes that show up, this is another thing I remember about this movie. Like, well, I guess maybe, and maybe it's a hot shots thing. Maybe I am thinking hot shots, even though I don't think mm-hmm, I saw it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember the enemy planes that show up being Libyan. They are Iraqi in hot shots. Because Saddam might, Hussein is in that movie. I might be thinking of I think that's what you're thinking of. Where I they all talk like. I have seen it. I yeah. Know. But I'm, anyway, but I, I make a comment that I Googled what a MIG is. And your sass self, I'm like, you're just like, 
yeah, MIGs are Russian. You didn't know that? I'm like, okay, when were you in the Navy? I know that MIGs are Russian. Uh, you know why I know rigs are mush- r- At least I can MIGs- say MIG. <laughs> MIGs. I said MIGs. I said Mushin or something like you that. You said rigs too. Rigs. Okay. I know why MIGs are Russian. And it's because of the video game Red Alert, because that takes place in Russia. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The other thing that I thought was was really funny about while we're on the topic of the Russian planes and mm-hmm. MIGs, they, they mentioned the MIG-28. And I was like, I've never heard of the MiG-28. Is that a thing like in Die Hard 2 where he talks about like the Glock 23, which is doesn't exist and 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 describes it as this, you know, it does this and it does this. And meanwhile, that doesn't happen at all. Like Glocks do not work like that. Mm-hmm. So we did some Googling to see if the MiG-28 does not exist or, or it do- if it does. And the MiG-28 is not real. MiGs are only odd numbered. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I thought that was really funny was all I Googled was MiG-28. And one of the first <laughs> results that showed up was MiG-28 for sale. I say we should buy it. <laughs> how, how much? How much is a MiG? I should have just followed through and saw how much it cost. Yeah, you should have. We should have like, and then buy one. And again, I'm going all in for this podcast, hon. Let's buy a MiG. Let's buy a MiG. We can, you know, put the our logo on it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also, on board. Also, when it comes to the 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 MIG. I like that they don't actually say what country it is. It's like, it's very obvious that they're yeah, Russians. Yeah, that's a good point. That's why I had to Google it. Cause I was like, uh, wait, what's a MIG from? Cause they never actually say it. Yeah, they never say Russia. Well, I mean, it's not Russia at this point. It's USSR, but they mm, never say true. that. They never say the communists or anything like that. It is a nondescript black plane with a red star on it. True, 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 true. Yeah. Um, So something else I noticed that speaking of name changes and names in general, US of Russia to USSR back to Russia Mm -hmm. and how things were named differently then. So they're all going by these call signs and through the whole movie and like everyone calls Tom Cruise Maverick. And one of the characters makes a comment about his name being like Maverick. Do your parents hate you? Maverick is now a pretty common name. One of them, you're going to be like, did you look this up? Well, no. I mean, I, I looked have. at Twenty Eight, but no. One of the teen moms from, of course, Teen Mom. Her kid, her second kid. This is after she hit Teen Mom money, not when she was like, you know, struggling. She she named her kid Maverick, and it's it's a fairly like I I know for a fact. I've heard moms and like uh, playgrounds and stuff calling their kids Mav and Maverick. Like it's it's not an uncommon name. So in 1986, you call your kid Maverick, you hate your kid. But today it's pretty popular. And even then it didn't have the big popularity boost in 1986. It wasn't until around 1997 that there was a big jump. So it went from Barely cracking the top thousand before 1994. And then now, holy macaroni, in 2018, it was the 73rd most popular boy name in the United States. That's kind of a like, it had a huge jump in uh, 2017. It cracked the top 12017, but it was like not even until 2010, barely in the top 500. And it has skyrocketed lately 
probably honestly because and you're gonna be like ugh, teen mom yeah all the teen mom girls their kids names have had a huge boost in popularity for every kid they've had it's wacky like i would avoid those names just to be like ugh, especially if they're like unique names that's a terrible name anyway yeah i don't like that name yeah no i don't i'm not a huge fan of it either that's like naming your kid renegade don't give people ideas this is my son his name's renegade you know, we call him ren. ren for short the name maverick is a boy's name of american origin meaning independent non-conformist this is my son non-conformist no. nice to meet you yeah this is my son oh god somewhere names remington <laughs> Getting I'm back so to sorry to anyone who's named Maverick. I apologize for our disdain for your name. It's it's just an odd one. I feel like that. I feel like people named Maverick just like look at their parents like, why did you do this to me? Yeah. 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 2016 Maverick Reed McKinney teen mom. That's when it hit the popularity it was 2016. Well, then. Sorry. Whatever. Whatever. Let's getting back to to Maverick of the movie. There's a point in the movie that they call him by his real name. And I'm like, oh, shit. Really? I had no idea what his real name was. Same. Same. And and no shade. No shame. Tom Cruise has had some work done. His nose is definitely different now. Not subtle, but it's definitely different. And his teeth aren't nearly as big. He definitely had those chompers shaved down a little because they were gargantuan in this movie. I mean, that does happen. I mean, my teeth got shaved down. I took a volleyball in the face and it broke my teeth and they had to shave them down. So maybe Tom Cruise, he does all of his own stunts. He's a crazy man. Maybe he chipped a tooth and he had him shaved down. That's probably correct. He is a crazy man. So I don't know. It was just one of the things I noticed. I was like, Tom Cruise looks so different and not in a way that I could pinpoint for a while and not in a way that he's just aged. And then it hit me. The teeth are bigger. Well, I, I doubt this will be the last Tom Cruise movie that we ever do on the show. So as as we go into more movies <laughs> in the 90s, maybe track the progress of his nose and teeth. That's not the worst idea you've had today. <laughs> so getting back to kind of the plot of the movie. So he goes off to, to school and this is like, it's not, I shouldn't say school because they're all pilots, but it's like- It's still the, school. It's, it's dogfighting school. So it's not like they're learning how to fly, but they're learning how to like dogfight. Yeah. And the one thing is when he goes to school and th this was the first major pitfall of us doing this podcast and writing notes during the movie as we watch is that I missed one of the scenes that I really wanted to see to the point where when the movie was over, I'm like, didn't this scene like we didn't see the scene in the movie and I showed you the scene on YouTube. And then we went back to find it. And that's when I realized I was writing something down when it happened. Yep. And it's the scene where he's riding a motorbike next to a plane as it flies off going like, yeah, <laughs> that was one of the scenes I was looking forward to seeing the most. And I missed it completely because I was writing a note about was that speech supposed to motivate them? Yeah, <laughs> that speech again. Like, But I find there's like tons of speeches throughout the whole movie and dialogue where it's supposed to, I don't know, maybe pump people up or something. And it, I don't know. It just, again, it was like cliches. So I was very much like, blah. Okay. So we have to get into, and it is something that's been discussed ad nauseum yes. with other people. And I have- Because it really starts to show up in the next scene. Yeah. When they're sitting in the briefing. This movie- has something that I find is so unique 
to the 80s. And I'm not saying it as a negative, and I don't want anybody to think I have a negative feeling about it. It's just very curious to me how many movies have what seems to be completely accidental gay subtext. Right. It is exceptionally homoerotic. And I don't know if they're like trying to do like male bonding, which you can absolutely do with like physical touching and support and dialogue and everything and it be completely platonic i like i don't think oh those two dudes you know they they rub shoulders it ha- it's gay no 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 this movie very much hammers home that these like eye glances and arm touches and arms wrapped over shoulders and everything else there are a lot of glances at each other and choices in that way that just scream someone on set made a choice made a very deliberate choice whether they're actually even aware of it or not and it's it's something that like one of the most famous movies for this is night on elm street 2 which is very inadvertently like a gay horror film yeah without realizing it's a gay horror horror film until like after this kind of gave me the same vibes and again there there is nothing like, I have nothing against that. I just feel it was a choice. I don't even know they knew they were making at the time. Mm-hmm. But now everyone seems pretty aware of it. And most people point out the volleyball scene. Yeah, of course. I was going to say. Which I get because that, that, scene, that scene was a delight for me to watch, to be honest. <laughs> I was very happy about watching that scene. Val Kilmer back in the day. With those frosted tips. He can get it. Like I could see why he was so popular for a while. Like he he's a very attractive man, but there's just something about, I think they were trying to come across as competitive. Right. And it came across as sexually charged Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Another scene that really hammered it home for me was the scene where they were all just standing around in the showers. Yeah. There's a few shower scenes. One guy's like laying on a bench with his legs open on the... Yeah, he's not even like... I can't remember what they're talking about in the scene because I just remember the scene. But there's... The guys are talking in the showers. It was it was after they got beaten by the, the instructor. Like they lost. And they're like, you left your wingman behind and that's why you lost. Like Michael Ironside. Because I didn't even know Michael Ironside was in this movie. Same with Meg Ryan. But Michael Ironside comes in and he's like, that was great flying, but you blew it. And then he leaves. Yeah. But the scene continues between Goose and Val Kilmer and Val Kilmer's wingman, not wingman, like his watcher guy, his spotter guy. ROI or RIO or whatever. Yeah. And there's like three other dudes just chilling. They're not part of the scene. They're just hanging out in towels. Yeah. All like sweated up. And the other thing is too, why volleyball? (laughs) <laughs> why not they were in the beach i get it it's just again it was like but why and like it's one of those things about this movie and i know that scene is now iconic and i don't think for the reasons it wanted to be mm-hmm. but that scene's iconic but it's one of the things i noticed about this movie this movie's almost two hours long easily could have cut 30 minutes out of it yeah easily by the end of this movie i was like is it done yet like we did not need five minutes of volleyball like at all I know, again, that it is a popular choice for a scene in this movie and da-da-da, but unnecessary. So why volleyball? 
they didn't have enough characters for baseball. But why why did they have to be <laughs> playing a sport at all? I don't know. It just feels like just to hammer a lot home of, the competitiveness. I guess, but there's just a lot of and then they talk about like even then they're playing the 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 match and one is like okay we'll do this and this and then nothing comes of it they don't even actually do that they end the game well because he he realized he was late for his date yeah but like again you don't even need that bit i don't know there's just a lot of extra stuff in this movie that is just there and then yeah like tom cruise is like he's going on this date and he he decides to play volleyball and knows he's got it not to be late and he plays volleyball anyway and he's just like all right, I'm going to play the sport I don't need to play. I'm not going to give myself time to have a shower before I go, you know, see on this date. And all of this reads, I think they're going for cocky, but it reads as very inexperienced, which to me, Tom Cruise in this movie is made out to be this lady killer, like the way people talk about it. It's all very much told. They're like, Anthony Edwards, Goose keeps telling us like, Oh, he's a lady killer. Oh, he goes home with different girls. Oh, you know, he's he's the guy that girls pick. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And he's telling them all this, but we never actually see. That's true. Like a perfect example is like right at the beginning, they go to this bar and he's got, he said, he turns to Goose and he's like, oh, we're going to do the, you lost that loving feeling bit, which to me makes it sound like he does it all the time. You know, yeah. like like yeah. all of the guys knew what he was talking about. They all joined in that whole scene. Super cringy. Yes. Super so, cringy. And again, unnecessary. So he does that. And then he's talking to the girl and she's like, does this ever work? And he's like, I did it one other time and it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> but like So much of what Tom Cruise does in this movie reads as awkward and inexperienced and it really gets hammered home and like i know that charlie or kelly mcgillis mm -hmm. is like this slightly older more mature very educated woman who's got a, a high position in like a civilian position in the navy yeah like she she's exceptionally smart and blah 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 so i get like she knows her stuff about migs yeah she knows her shit about a lot of stuff i get that and I think what they were going for was like Tom Cruise or Maverick. He's kind of like met his match in a woman, and like she's a little older, she's a bit smarter, and she she like she chases him down on the motor or on the in the little fast car and the whole thing. And she she's chasing him, and I I think they're supposed to be reading it as like he's kind of met his match in terms of like oh this woman impresses me so much. She's not just another fling. And what it reads as is. She is an older, more experienced woman, and he is a very inexperienced young man who's learning the ways of love for the first time. The ways of love. You know what really could add to that uh, reading of, of his character? The awkward tongue sequence in the sex scene. There's a lot of tongue. There's a lot of tongue. Yeah, the whole, the sex scene itself, it very much look to me like is this the first time tom cruise has kissed a woman <laughs> tom cruise or his character both <laughs> yeah it really gave me this awkward like i don't know if he's old enough to be doing this feeling like he just he seemed like such a like a, a kid like and i think what they were going for was like 
oh, I've always been so cocky, but this woman, you know, put me in my place and I'm so impressed by her. And, you know, maybe I do have a lot to learn. And instead it was just, I know nothing. I'm new. Teach me. And it was, it was awkward. And I feel like, <laughs> who, who am I kidding? I was like, and I was like, if they moved this movie today and it was, and I'm like, no, Tom Cruise would still insist on starring in it. He's starring in the sequel. <laughs> that's true and it would be the same thing all over again so i'm like okay no it's got to be like i'm just trying to think who would be the equivalent to tom cruise today as a young actor oh jeez, spider-man i was gonna say tom holland yeah but tom holland gives me that kind of young awkward vibe too which is why he works so well for spider-man so maybe they would make the same choice that maybe. he's like he's uh Try like you know trying to impress the older woman no i'm trying to think because like i feel like they'd play it up where he is much cockier but it's like tom cruise is even everyone keeps telling it like telling me he's oh he's so cocky oh he's so this oh he's you know such a a maverick and a yeah, renegade yeah. and he never reads that way to me he always reads as a little uncertain and desperate to impress and doesn't really know what he's supposed to be doing well what about when he's doing like flying like anytime he's flying he seems to like with the exception of the time that he loses that that um war game i guess we'll say where he he goes after the instructor and gets beat like with the exception of that everything else he does basically is like you know you did it and you did it in the cockiest way possible but you did it but that's the thing like he doesn't have Everyone keeps telling me, oh, he did things in a cocky way. And most of the audience watching this movie would have no idea about jet wash, no idea about different things. So besides him flying upside down and flipping off the Russians, how else would you know he's because his attitude throughout the film, he very much reads as someone who's trying to be cocky, not someone who is confident and cocky. This is someone who is attempting to appear as such at least that's how i read it maybe it's just because i'm older and i don't like when i see like how old is tom cruise in this movie like 21 22 oh jeez, i don't know when i look at like a 22 year old kid being like a cocky little shit i'm not impressed in any way and i think you're supposed to be really impressed by tom cruise in this movie oh he's such a badass and i'm just like he's trying really hard poor little fella i don't know i just <laughs> He just, I could see why his instructors are frustrated with him, but even then they treat him like he's this mega cocky badass and really like he listens to instructions and he doesn't backtalk and like, I don't know. It just, it, I think again, and we'll, well, obviously we're going to see if this movie was made today because this movie is being finally made a sequel like almost 30 years well no more than yeah oh god i'm so old <laughs> 35 years later 35 they are making later. a sequel and we're gonna see what tom cruise plays the character like 35 years and what the young cocky player like but you know who really made me feel like who's actually cocky in this movie val kilmer val kilmer val kilmer he, is incredibly cocky in this movie he's incredibly cocky and smart and his attitude is what i expected maverick's attitude to be like in the movie going in because like i knew going in like, obviously his call sign is maverick he's gonna be cocky and ice man is gonna be cool and it was like the opposite 
but then Maverick wasn't cool either. I don't know. <laughs> and then Iceman actually wins the big top trophy. Yep. And I'm like, I could have sworn that Maverick won. Was that in Hot Shots? I don't know. Maybe it was, but I feel like it's a movie from the 80s. You feel like the hero is always going to win, even though at the end, you know, he takes the prize or whatever, you know, he he's the hero. But like, I expected him to have won the trophy. Yeah, I even then, though, you see that come up sometimes in movies where like that still happens where it's like, oh, you expect the the main character to win and they don't. And like, it's like, oh, what a twist. He didn't win, but he learned he learned a valuable lesson. But like one of the things, speaking of Iceman, one of the things I wrote down is a Viper, who's the instructor. I was like, Viper should be called Iceman. That's right. Because his reaction to Goose dying was ice cold. Yeah. So, I mean, let's get into Goose's death for just a second. Goose's death. Like I said, I remember the hot shots death where his death is long and drawn out. And meanwhile, in this, it's just like, boom, he's dead. Yeah. And then as soon as he's dead, it's like over. Like, every, with the exception of Maverick, who has like this whole like, next time he's flying, he has a moment where he's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And then like the the guy who's with him tells him off. Everyone but Maverick does not care. Yeah. Like Goose is dead. The instructor's like, eh, get him up in a plane tomorrow. And the other the other instructor, Jester, who's Michael Ironside, is like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, I'll get him up. You'd think the instructors would probably get in like some shit from the higher ups that one of their students died. Yeah. <laughs> and their million dollar plane crash. Yeah. Nobody even mentioned because they talk about earlier in the movie. It's like, oh, that's the taxpayer's plane, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then after they actually crashed one, they're like, get back up in the plane. Like. And Iceman receives no, like, he fl- flew in through, like, they flew through his jet wash, and there's no disciplinary in action towards Iceman. No, nothing. Like, nobody cares. And, like, nobody cares about poor Goose. And even then- His of- wife is like, Maverick, how are you? When he- <laughs> Yeah! And I'm just like- He's got a wife and kid, and they're mind like- Mind you, you know what was weird to me? Even Meg Ryan, who's Goose's wife, calls him Goose. I, I Yeah, that's true. I don't like that. I wouldn't call you Goose. Well, yeah, but I, call I don't you have honey. a. I don't have a. Yes, that's true. But I don't have like a a nickname that's associated with my job. You know, I still wouldn't call you a nickname associated with your job. If Fair. everyone in your office started calling you the Mixmaster or something, I'd be like, okay, dear. <laughs> and then I have one more thing of note that I really felt. This seemed, and I noticed right from the beginning, and I'm like, well, they're on a submarine and a boat, and they're doing this. Wait, submarine? Or whatever. It's an aircraft carrier. Okay, well, they're on a, they're inside a boat ship that is probably very claustrophobic and hot. And then I just noticed it kept going throughout the movie. There was this general theme that everyone in the movie, except Kelly McGillis, of course, is always very sweaty. There's a lot of sweat. A lot of sweat. It was again a stylistic choice because obviously they're not really sweating the whole time maybe they are maybe the filming conditions were just so terrible everybody was sweating all the time but generally when it comes to like sweat movies they like spray you down with a mix of like you know vegetable oil and water to make it look like sweat and it's not really sweat but no everyone and not even just like drips of sweat like you know the but they're like these little beads of sweat all over people it's like the beaded sweat all over their face all the time it's like in every scene, everyone is just sweaty. And all I can think is the people who had to do the makeup for this must have gone through so much vegetable oil. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like it was a trip. But again, maybe maybe it was so hot on set yeah. that they just gave up trying to hide the sweat because everyone's sweaty all the time. Maybe. Maybe. Well, one thing I want to bring up before we go into mm-hmm. anything else mm-hmm. is the ending of the movie. They graduate from Flight Academy. They go back into the real world and they have this mission that's like, we need you to protect a plane that's coming back full of like refugees or something. I don't remember exactly what it was because it's never mentioned again. Yeah. You never see this plane. Yeah. Did they even accomplish this mission? I don't, I don't know. They go up. And MiG-28s from an indiscriminate country show up again. Yeah. And they have this dogfight wherein one U.S. plane blows up and several indiscriminate star country planes blow up. Did not a new world war just start? Yeah. It's it's all these Russians and the Russians keep kind of attacking American shit. And it's like... Like I'm American sure. pilots die in this yeah, scene. I'm pretty sure that starts World War Three by rules of the Cold War. Yeah. The and Cold War is supposed to be cold. Yeah, now it's it's a blazing hot war. And they they celebrate when they get back. They're like, you shot down the Russians. And it's like, should we be celebrating that we probably just started a war? Well, the Russians started it. That's true. That is true. I mean, maybe it maybe it was not the russians and maybe it was someone else flying russian Russian planes maybe it was north korea well they did they made a comment about the russian not the russians but the other guys because they didn't say the country are denying what happened so i guess that's how the war didn't start was they were like we don't want to everyone know that we started it now one more thing about this last fight right this whole point of top gun the school yes is to teach the Art of dogfighting. Yes. The lost art. America relies too heavily on missiles. And dogfighting is the thing that, you know, they need to basically relearn for their pilots to really be able to do both. They need to be able to do both. Right. And in this final battle against the MiGs, because we're not 100% sure of the Russians, but they're probably Russians, they win with missiles. Yeah. They shoot like nothing. Like, I think... There's a lot of machine guns fired. But it never helps them in any way. Like, well, Iceman almost gets taken out by the But it never Russian. helps the people in Top Gun. No. They don't use their guns. They don't take anyone down with guns. They're all using missiles. And I'm like, the whole point was to learn dogfighting, and they don't do it. I mean, I guess you could classify that as dogfighting, what they did. Yeah. Because, I mean, they, they were they, they weaving in though. and out. I and... understand, but the whole point was to be able to, like, shoot at other planes and dogfight that way, and then they, they didn't. It's top gun, not top missile. <laughs> I guess I guess so. That's fair. Do you have any more notes about the movie? No, that was kind of it. it but I, I, you're right. I had a lot more notes about this movie than The Mummy, and I think, I think on that note, it is that I enjoyed The Mummy more, so I picked it apart less. Okay. Well, I have one more note that I wanted to bring up before we move on. And I really liked at the beginning during the montage of planes taking off and landing over and over and over again. I don't know if they were just going in a circle or whatever, but there's just one random shot mm. of this dude doing a little jig. Yeah. yeah. He, has a, he has a little dance. It was that extra time to shine. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was like one of the best parts of the movie. <laughs> so in 
1986, critics had their own opinions of the movie. Yeah. So, Laura, why don't you fill us in on some of those past reviews? Okay. So, the movie itself does not hold a very high critical reception, which I can definitely understand. Right. So, as of right now on Rotten Tomatoes, the, the great aggregator of Rotten Tomatoes, 54% of reviews from real critics yep. are, are favorable. So more than half, but barely. So not a fresh movie. Mm-hmm. Doesn't count as Rotten Tomatoes fresh. That said, audiences, 83% are fans. Really? Okay. And all I can think is how many of those people who voted for it as a fan, again, is it nostalgia? Because mm-hmm. going into this movie, before you watched it, before we get into our real reviews, before you watched it, was your overall review of this movie favorable or not favorable? Favorable. Okay. Nostalgia-wise, favorable. And even then, going into it, I won't lie, I didn't have the greatest desire to watch it. I'm glad we watched it. But it was going- my turn. Pardon? It was my turn to yeah, pick. Going- I mean, I'm sure you're going to pick a movie that I don't want to watch at some point. Maybe this I- week. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, no, one of my my thinking on that was going in, I was like, yeah, it may not be my kind of movie, but I know it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. My feelings might be different on that now. Okay, going well, in, I assumed it was a good movie. Okay. Does that make sense? So yeah. if I had to be like, if you'd come to me and just be like, is Top Gun a good movie? I'm like, yeah, I think so. I would have been like, I don't know, but I would have brought, like, yeah, I think so. So critics who did agree that it is a good movie. Gene Siskel of the famous Siskel and Ebert gave this movie three out of four stars in 1986. He says, the aerial sequences in Top Gun are as thrilling while remaining coherent as any ever put on film. I feel like today's, and again, the new movie is going to really hammer this home. I feel like in terms of today's action movie in planes, it's like mediocre compared to now for the personally now from Dwayne Burge of the Hollywood Reporter he says in a positive note the film's intensity mirrors the competitive and wild personalities of the pilots themselves in this arena the casting is on target I would have to agree I do think the casting overall was really good I Mm -hmm. think some of the directorial choices in some of the Tom Cruisinesses of it. It's Tom Cruise. Well, again, where he seems not so much cocky as he does, you know, I don't know. But we know Tom Cruise can do cocky. This is not, I mean, look at risky business. Like, we know he can do this. So then in the negative camp, uh, Walter Goodman of the New York Times says, once Top Gun gets back to Earth, the master of the skies is as clunky as a big land bound bird wow yeah and uh dave kerr of the chicago reader says every moment is hyped for maximum visual and visceral effect but scott doesn't display the slightest bit of interest or belief in the actual characters and situations Mm. well now we have some good and some bad it's time for our rating what was your rating for the film it was okay. It was way too long. So are you what are you giving it a plain popcorn? Yeah, I'd give it a plain popcorn. I forgot about that part. You forgot about the rating system that we invented? <laughs> it's our second episode. You've already forgot about the rating system. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> so 
Yeah, Plain Popcorn, it's not a bad movie. It is, if anything, like it's not burnt because it didn't cook too hot to burn. <laughs> okay, you forgot the rating system and now you're all in on the analogy. Yeah, Just... well, shut up. Uh, it's definitely not burnt because it never got hot enough to burn. <laughs> but it was definitely on the stove. <laughs> that is your back of the box review. It didn't wasn't burnt because it didn't get hot enough to burn. <laughs> it it just it feels like maybe it was on the stove a little too long. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, go ahead. And um could could have definitely used maybe even Maybe not even butter, but maybe like a little like Cajun seasoning to spice it up. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's one way to, to put it. Yeah. When you, you use an entirely cooking popcorn metaphor. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm going all in on it. And maybe next week I'll remember that. No, you won't. I won't. You will not. Especially because you don't listen to the episodes after they've And been. I also don't remember Jack all. Yeah. Okay. What did we do today? We did we your, watch Top we Gun? No, that was that was two days ago. We did that, right? Okay. Anyway, so that's it. That's your that's your yeah. Thing. What what did you think, my dear? So, I agree with you that it is plain popcorn. My reasoning is a little different. I found that the movie had two different versions of the movie in the movie. Okay. So the first half of the movie is all super cheesy, awesome dog fights. And that's the thing that I was like, this is why I remember this being a really good movie is like just being, you know, I, I loved all the dog fight scenes, you know, like he, when he's training, that stuff was like edge of your seat fun. And then all of the dialogue was so cheesy that I'm like, I want to recommend this based on how silly this is alone. And then about halfway through a switch flips and it's just boring for like, and then this is something you said earlier, like the movie could have been shorter by and I, far. And I feel like this is exactly like goose dies. And then the movie is boring. And it's not like, it's not boring because it's sad because it's not sad. They immediately downplay goose's death yeah it just becomes boring and even then a lot of the there's just a lot of added fat yeah there's it, it could have used a really good trim yeah it needed and, a really good like editor to go through and be like no yeah no and then no. at the end of the movie because there's an awesome dog fight even if i thought like did they start a war that still was a fun, like I liked that scene. So beginning of the movie, cheesy, fun, good time. Middle of the movie, mm, end of the movie, cheesy, fun, good time. And the cheesy, fun, good time stuff, there wasn't enough of it for me to, for me to give it the extra butter. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that very much so. Yeah. like It just, as like a movie that is like one of these like movies that people really, for like nostalgia, hold in very high regard like i think most people and f feel free to write in and tell me how wrong i am about how much this movie is like how much it kicks ass and i will happily read anything that anybody has to say about it but i feel like a lot of people 
look back on this movie favorably, but haven't actually watched it in 10, 15 years. I think the sequel is going to do fantastically at the box office once the world straightens out. Well, that movie is coming out in 2021 sometime. So yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But that's our rating right there for this episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm Mike. I'm Laura. And next week we are going to be talking about Billy Madison. Oh, good. Awesome. That's not what I thought you were going to pick at all. And I'm excited for Billy Madison. I know. Yeah. It seems like we, we've done an action comedy, an action dramedy. Mm-hmm. Let's go straight up comedy. Works for me. No, yeah. I'm totally in. I'm totally in. I'm excited for Billy Madison. Me too. All right. Well, we hope you'll join us next week on our next episode. Until then, we'll talk to you guys again soon. <laughs>